I thought I was going to have to come up here and stop that thing that was going on. Just a little bit. Ah. Thank you, Brother Grisham, Brother Mark Grisham. You may be seated. That beautiful introduction, and we'll work to see that some of that comes true in our lives. Amen. This has been a wonderful meeting, hasn't it? I thank Brother Grisham and Brother Kraft for the invitation to be here, and we love them so very much, and this church, and what's going on here in Jackson, Mississippi, and all this wonderful preaching that's been going on has been just more than wonderful. Amen. And then something in addition to the specific ministries is this atmosphere that we're feeling right now. And that good fellowship and comradeship and whatever else you want to say it, that everybody in here counts and everybody's important. Don't you love that feeling? Amen. Amen. Such preaching. And uh, and to think that God is uh, is using us today in this time. My good friend, Brother Joe Parker, I just have to say that was so fantastic. Of course, Brother Arnold is always good. I don't have as much opportunity to hear Brother Joe Parker, who we grew up with in St. Louis. But uh, with, I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I'm coming to understand that people I grew up with are, are, are not just good friends, but they are tremendous instruments of God. And if you believe in a fivefold ministry or you believe in apostles and prophets, and I think that we do here, then my feeling was today, Brother Joe Parker is doing the work of an apostle. Anybody that has a call of God and, and knows how to go into a city like that and feel it beforehand and then do it and come out like that and be able to lay it out, has got to be working the ministry of an apostle. Praise God. And God's got His hand on every one of us. And I'm thankful for that. Amen. Maybe you want to stand just for another minute and let's look at a few verses of Scripture here. And uh, if I'm not careful here, this message may not be as long as the introduction. And I'm serious. Just a couple of verses of Scripture. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us of entering in to his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. And then down to the sixth verse. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein. And they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Well, you just say with me, some must enter in. Can we say that again? Some must enter in. And then just another verse of Scripture here. Over in the Gospel of John, the 20th verse, 20th chapter. 
the fourth verse. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulchre. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet when he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter, following him, and went into the sepulchre, and seeth the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Can we just pray and ask the Lord to help us here for the next few minutes? Lord Jesus, we do love you, and we thank you for what we are feeling and experiencing here. We're asking that you help us here in these next few minutes in a special way. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Lord bless you. You may be seated. This chapter in Hebrews is telling us about the failure of the children of Israel to enter into that promised land, that place of rest. And then admonishing us, lest therefore we, having a promise, do not enter into that place. And then saying there in the sixth verse, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter in. And and that's the feeling that I am getting, that some are going to enter in. Into what we've been hearing about, that new thing that God is doing in our midst. And I want to enter into that. Praise God. I want to enter in. Some are going to enter in. Praise God. Some are entering in. Amen. And as Brother... Mooney was preaching last night. I thought of that verse over there in Esther. The, the seriousness of it all. The, the time to respond to the call that God has given. The call of prayer. The call to moving up to a place of greater dedication. And, and the fact that if we do not take this opportunity to, to enter in and respond to what He is uh, entreating us to do, then there are some serious consequences. And I just made mindful of that that advice that the man called Mamukin gave to Ahasuerus there in the first chapter of Esther when Vashti refused to respond to the call. She did not enter in. Ahasuerus had a, a, a feasting going on and she decided to get the ladies together and have a feast. And so when he called for her, she was not available to enter in. And they got together and said, what are we going to do here? And Mamukin answered before the king and the princess Vashti, and the queen hath not done wrong the king only, but also to all the princes and to all the people that are in all the provinces. Her refusal to enter in was not just uh, against the king, but it was, it was messing up all the provinces. It was going to put a spirit. It was going to put something in all of the women there. And so they had to do something about her refusal to enter in. And, of course, the judgment was that she was never to come back and the 19th verse, it says, And let the king give her royal estate unto another that is better than she. And so when we come to a place, and I'm feeling that in my own life, when, when God has given us a special call, I want to take it serious. I thank God for that message last night. Praise God, because the alternative to not entering in is so severe. As a matter of fact, some of God's most severe judgment is given to those who don't enter in. And that's what happened to the children of Israel. They were given, they had to wander in the wilderness. 
And I know some people who are wandering in the wilderness. The scripture says in Numbers 32 and 13, And the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel, and he made them wander in the he made them wander in the wilderness forty years until all the generation that had done evil in the sight of the Lord was consumed. That is a severe judgment. Not having any direction, wandering around, covering the same ground over and over is a severe judgment to be sentenced to. Amen. Cain understood that. When he uh, disobeyed, when he killed Abel, God severely gave him judgment, and that judgment was this. And when thou tillest the ground, it shall not thenceforth yield unto, unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. Your judgment, Cain, is going to be you're going to have to wander in the earth. And it dawned on Cain how severe that was. In the next verse he says, And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Don't do that to me, Lord. Anything but that, God. I don't want to live the rest of my life a vagabond. I don't want to live the rest of my life wandering through the earth, covering the same ground. And I'm afraid there are a lot of people, if I don't respond, if you don't respond to what we're feeling in this meeting and other meetings, then I'm going to be sentenced to just wander and wander and cover the same ground and go around. And I don't want to do that. And so the Scripture says, some must enter in. And the alternative to entering in is you're going to be sentenced to wonder. And I don't want to wonder. I want direction from the Lord. That's the reason why I'm at this meeting. That's the reason why I'm going to go to every meeting I can. Because I want to hear from the Lord and I want to enter in. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Praise God. Amen. The uh, prodigal's brother stood outside. Luke 15, 28 says... And he was angry and would not go in. He got mad. He didn't understand how his father was dealing with things. And he got mad and would not. There are some people that won't go in. There are some people that cannot go in. Amen. There are some people that allow things, and that's what I want to talk about, to get in between us and entering in. I believe God wants us all to enter in. Praise God. When I was a teenager... There was a period of time in my life, we lived in St. Louis growing up there, and uh, I guess the main reason why it happened was I wasn't living, as Brother uh, Johns was talking about, really out of a deep sincerity. I, it's easy to live for God out of habit instead of out of heart. And so I, I lost a little something there for a little while, not that I got out in gross sin, but uh, it wasn't as sincere as it should have been, and so consequently... Uh, I got cynical about a lot of things that I saw or that I thought I saw. Probably a lot of it just things I thought I saw. Wasn't there. But nonetheless, a little cynical attitude developed in my teenage heart. And and I remember specifically one Sunday night going to church. And because of that breakdown, Satan was uh, able to put all kind of doubts and all kind of skepticisms in my mind. And even when I went to that church service... And uh, Brother Park and I were talking about uh, a special event last week when we were in St. Louis at that church. One Sunday night, tremendous service, evangelist was preaching, the move of God was prevalent in that building. But I had allowed a cynical attitude to keep me from entering in. And I remember walking out of that building that night cold and empty and uh, 
all the other things you might imagine. And I got out to the parking lot and got to my car and suddenly uh, the seriousness of that not being able to enter an inn dawned on me. And I said, I'm going back in there. Most everybody was gone. But I said, there's more to that than this. And I don't know exactly what's gone wrong, but I'm going to enter in. I went, most everybody was gone, and I I, uh, had a trumpet that I played sometimes, and so there were a few people still praying around the altar. And I picked up the trumpet and went over to the side, and and I, I started just sitting there in the presence of God and knowing that that wasn't right and asking God to forgive me and whatever it was and all those things that I saw or I thought I'd seen that got in between me those distractions and in just a, a few moments time a very beautiful experience happened and I saw the Lord not a literal vision but I, I, I had a fresh touch and a fresh vision of the Lord Jesus Christ <clears throat> And there came a tremendous release. And that auditorium, that's a pretty big size auditorium. Something hit me over there, and the trumpet went one way, and I went another way, and I bounced all the way around that auditorium. Praise God. And God took care of that cynicism and that criticism. I'm not saying I have had complete victory over that since then, but that was a tremendous battle that was won. Praise God. And what I'm saying is there are some things that can can keep us from entering in. And while I got a tremendous victory over that, there are other things that come up from time to time that, that I have got to take a hold of because I want to enter in. I want to take a hold of what I've been hearing preached. It's for me. Praise God. Praise God. I want to take a hold of it. Hallelujah. I want to respond to that call. I don't be sentenced to wondering and being a vagabond and a fugitive when God's got so many great things for His people in these last days. Hallelujah. So some must enter in. Some must enter in. Hallelujah. 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 Therefore, it remains that some must enter therein. Was the they to whom it was first preached, and that's another whole message, I imagine, entered not in because of unbelief. But then over here in John, I think in the next few minutes, I'd like to maybe give something to you that the Lord has caused me to see this year in a, another episode that wasn't the same as that night in St. Louis, but it was different things that would keep me from really seeing Him. You know this story well, the, the the scene at the tomb at the sepulcher, and Mary coming back and telling the disciples, and Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter. I don't know if he outran him or not. I think maybe Peter got to thinking about what he had done and didn't know for sure if he wanted to see Jesus first or not. I think he just kind of backed it on down a little bit. Put it in Mosey and, and then John got ahead of him. I don't know that he just outran him. Peter just slowed down maybe. Anyway, John got to the sepulcher first. 
And he stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying. He got there first, but he didn't go in. Stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. And now this is how the Spirit has kind of got it across to me was, it was something that he saw in those linen clothes lying that kept him from going in. Because Peter came up next and he looked into the sepulcher and he sees the linen clothes lying, but he doesn't stop there. He sees the napkin that was about his head. What it says. And he said the linen clothes lie and the napkin that was about his head not lying with the linen clothes but wrapped together in a place by itself. And it just came to me that when John got there first and looked into that sepulcher, he saw those linen clothes kind of in disarray laying on the ground. And something hit him. He said, "Uh uh-oh, something's wrong here. I see these linen clothes lying scattered around here. They've come and taken him. And we may be next. And so he backed up. And then Peter looks in and he sees the linen clothes lying. But then he sees that folded napkin. And he says, I don't understand those linen clothes that are in disarray, but I understand that folded napkin. And he went in. Praise God. And to me, those linen clothes lying, they were wrapped around the body of the Lord Jesus. And they represent to me today the body that sometimes seems to be in disarray. And when we just look at that, we are not going to be able to enter in. And that's the human nature. That's our first tendency is when we get to a meeting or get somewhere is to look at the linen clothes, to look at the body. And I'm thankful for the body. But sometimes there are some things that aren't exactly in line and in order. But that doesn't need to keep me from entering in. Because if I go a little further with Peter, friend, over there in the corner, there is a folded napkin that represents the perfection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. And that's what I've been seeing in this meeting as a folded napkin, friend. He's in control. He's won the victory. All is well. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Let's clap our hands again to the Lord. Hallelujah. John got there first and even stooped down and looked in. He could have had the revelation of resurrection before Peter did. But he got distracted by what he saw. There were some linen clothes laid in disarray on the ground. And it disturbed him. And it sidetracked him. And he backed out. And that's what happens to us sometimes. We get right up to revelation truth and knowledge. But we see the linen clothes. And we see the body maybe not in complete order. And so we back out. I don't want to back out this time. I want to stay a little longer. I want to look over there in the corner. Somewhere there's a folded napkin that represents to me the perfected Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sin. We look and we see the body and sometimes there's sin that is hard for us to explain, deal with. I remember as a teenager, the first time... 
that somebody that was any anywhere close to me really fell and and uh, and missed out with God. And I, I remember going to my room early that night and crying myself to sleep because they were part of the body and they had fallen. <clears throat> and at that point, it wasn't skepticism or cynicism that was keeping me, but it was just the hurt of something wrong in the body. Amen. And I don't have an explanation for why people fall and fail, why there are some things that happen within the body. Amen. And as pastor, seeing some mistakes and so on and so forth, I have to admit to you, there have been times when it has been a heavy thing because I have stopped right there with a the body. And the Lord has reminded me this year that don't, it's not to minimize sin, not that that's not going to ever keep hurt from hurting us, but don't stop there because over there in the corner is a folded napkin representing the head, Jesus Christ, who walked on this earth free from sin. He did it. And it doesn't matter who falls or fails or what happens. I don't need to stop there and be distracted because there's one represented by that folded napkin that went all the way. He did it right. He didn't sin. He didn't fall. There was no mistake made. And that's my example. Hallelujah. That's my example today. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. There are, as Brother Arnold mentioned, there is too much sickness in the body. I agree with that. And I, he was getting me excited about it. I want to sit down and talk with you about some of those things I felt like you were wanting to say to us about healing. I'm for it. I, that's what happens to us sometimes when, when it comes to healing and seeing the things that we need to see. We look into it and we see the body in disarray. And, and we back out and we see some sickness that, and that shouldn't be there and we don't have an explanation for it. And so we back out. But I'm here to tell you today, there's a folded napkin over there in the corner that represents to me there was one who does heal all disease. Praise God. I'm thankful for a dad who didn't get distracted by some things that he saw and, and some people that weren't healed. When I was just a young boy about nine years of age and, and uh, had that well, it was a pretty pitiful situation. Fat, freckle-faced, preacher's kid, and then that eye crossed. Fat, red-headed, freckle-faced, preacher's kid. That's a lot to, that's a pretty heavy load to carry in it. And, and they, they took me in, and I was operated on, and they said, it might work, it might not. It didn't. The eye crossed again. But then there's something rose up at my parents. My dad took me to a minister's meeting one day and, and had them anoint me with oil. And they prayed the prayer of faith, and that I straightened up. I said, I'm thankful for a dad who didn't get distracted along the way. But was able to go ahead and look in there and see that folded linen napkin representing the Lord Jesus Christ who took on all of our sicknesses, who took on all of our sins. Praise God. Can we lift our hands and love Him? Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I'm thankful for one day for a friend when I was in Bible college and... and uh, uh, Tremendous pain in that leg and went to the doctor and he looked at it and by that time the veins were all inflamed. It looked like a road map and he said, you go home, go to bed and stay there for a couple of weeks and then we'll discuss it 
thrombophlebitis and he was afraid of a blood clot and it was painful and uh, my folks were down in Houston and they asked the church down there to pray and a, a good friend of mine called me that night and said Ronnie you're healed and I said okay and I jumped up and shouted all over that house because regardless of who hasn't been healed or how many times I pray for somebody and they're not healed there's a folded napkin over here in the corner that says it can be done Praise God. Don't get distracted by the seemingly disarray in the body sometimes. Don't get hung up at that point. Don't back up. Praise God. God is saying some are going to enter in. Some are going to enter in. It's going to happen. So don't get up to the very brink of revelation truth or revelation knowledge or or some kind of special ministry and see a little disarray there and back up because there's something over here somewhere in this building. There's something in next service. There's something next week that says this folded napkin represents the perfection. Praise God that it's still true. It still works. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Amen. And then our own self, we're part of that body. Amen. Brother Arnold covered that pretty pretty well. I was just going to mention Gideon, but not much sense in that now. <clears throat> we look at ourselves and sometimes we're in a little disarray. And we're not all together, all together. And it's not exactly like we'd like to see it. And so we back out. Amen. That story again reminds me, you may have heard the story of, of the young man who went to a psychiatrist and said, Doctor, I've got problems. And all my friends are telling me that I've got an inferiority complex. He said, Can you help me? And he had a little interview and the doctor said, Come back in a week and I'll, I'll tell you the outcome of the analysis. And so he goes back in a week and the doctor says, we've got good news and bad news. He says, the good news is, sir, you do not have a complex. The bad news, you are inferior. (laughs) And that's the way it was with old Gideon. He didn't have a complex of inferior. He was inferior. He didn't have a defeatist complex. He was defeated. He was discouraged. He was down. It wasn't a figment of his imagination. It was real. Amen. That's the reason why he couldn't enter in. That's the reason why he couldn't see the angel. Didn't understand what was going on. And sometimes we look at ourselves and we don't enter in. And God says, go on, look past the garments that are lying in disarray. Look past those linen clothes representing the body that sometimes isn't exactly the way it ought to be. And there's over in the corner a folded napkin. Praise God. Praise God. Let's stand together. Amen. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Let's look at Jesus one more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. There's a folded napkin in here representing that He still is able to heal all diseases. He is still able to overcome and allow us to overcome all sin. He's able to allow us to overcome ourselves. He wants us to enter in. He wants us to be a blessing. We get looking at ourselves, looking at those linen clothes. We, we, the three B's keep us from being a blessing. You know what three B's are? Our own bills, our own battles, our own boo-boos. 
If I just didn't have these bills, if I just wasn't going to this battle, if I just hadn't made that mistake, and we back out. John backed out. He got there first, but he backed out. Amen. Some some got in ahead of us, but I'm going to take another look in there until I see that folded neck. Can we lift our hands and love Him one more time?